0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman.
1: I'm Bobby Pike. And I'm
2: Sarah Becker.
0: And you're listening to the movie gang podcast i honestly like had to think which podcast we were recording <laughs> right now because <laughs> i like it's funny too because for a second i was like oh animania i was like but is it save point and i was like wait no it's sunday <laughs> no it's neither of these <laughs> dear god None we of are above. we are overstretched but it is it is really nice we're coming to you we're not coming to you live. I don't know why I wanted to say that as well. Oh my god, we're already off the rails. All right. Going <laughs> hey, guys. Well. We went this week to go review The Girl on the Train, the adaptation of, of the book of the same name. Bobby, you had a short introduction for us.
1: I do. The girl on the train features Rachel, who is played by Emily Blunt, a divorcee who takes the train into work from New- uh, to New York every day and passes by her old house where she lives with her husband, who still lives there with his wife and their child. She attempts not to focus on her own pain, but instead looks out the window and becomes enamored with a couple who lives two doors down from her old house and creates a happy life for them in her head. One day, uh, as the train passes, she sees something shocking happen in their backyard. And the next day, she wakes up bloody with no memory of the night before. Then the TV reports show that that woman and who lived in the house had disappeared. She then tries to solve the mystery of what happened that night, and also hopes to clear her own conscience along the way.
0: Ooh, that was sexy.
1: Girl on the train.
0: That was that was very that was very sexy. <laughs> I I, no, I just in terms of your summation. And we'll get into gory details because I don't think there's any way to actually have um, a talk about this without talking about, uh, well, specifically spoiling the movie. But uh, throwing it back over to you, Sarah, I know that you had some feelings. You were a little bit shocked by the content of this movie going into it. How did you feel about it overall? Has time kind of uh, helped your view of what you saw?
2: You know, it has. When I first came out of the movie, I... and. In my opinion, rightly so, I didn't know anything about what this movie was about going into it. And then I get in there and realize it's about domestic violence and emotional abuse. And, you know, these are very important topics to be addressed in the media and they do need to be addressed. But I kind of wish I'd been able to be mentally prepared for that going in. Uh, But I didn't want to spoil the movie for myself, so I didn't look anything up. Anyway, yes, I was really rattled when I came out of the film, but you know, having been able to step away from that and at least on a surface level think about what the movie was trying to say and what it was able to present and how it dealt with these, these issues, um, I think it did a, an okay job about it. I will say that Jack and Bobby, you have both talked about how similar this film's premise is to Gone Girl, and I have not seen that movie. So any future comparisons in the podcast that might be made between the two, I won't be able to weigh in on.
0: Yeah, I think for me, Gone Girl was always in the back of my mind, um, going by the book and kind of the similar tie-in and themes. Um, I think that the issue for me is that Gone Girl's structure has is so much more well put together on this film. This film kind of, I guess that's the thing specifically is that, you know, for a kind of a thriller with with kind of a like a third act well i mean Gone Girl's kind of a second act twist so it's a little bit different i think also that's the the revolutionary structure of Gone Girl is having the twist come so early and then still being a strongly different movie towards the end you know hang up on the on the uh, the emotional in- implications of the main not the main character but the character who's in the core of the film who's at first question to be dead and then comes back alive and then you have you know she's a fascinating character and i think that's the thing is this movie's missing like a really strong psychopath character and that's the difference is like in this movie feels like it, the whole time it, it feels like it's like, you know, it's doing like a profile of a murderer type of deal. And I'm waiting for that kind of that, that strong, horrible moment where you look into somebody's eyes and they just come across as a psychopath. And that's the thing is this is just like this is just more down in the mud type of domestic abuse kind of things. And, he, yeah, I mean, he, you know, there's psychopaths, but like there's no like, oh, my fucking God, she's having sex with him and then slices his neck open moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Graphic content in this podcast, you were warned. <laughs> I mean there's no there's no I mean there's no way to get around it, especially like talking about it in this podcast. Because again, Sarah, you were saying that like coming back in like the domestic abuse like really, really rocked you. I think personally like I want to see more movies tackle it, but I don't know that this was the best way to tackle the subject matter. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because coming back in, like, do you think that, like, in terms of this is like, having her be such an unreliable character and having the twist be more mentally based in things that she just kind of forgot, is that kind of a bad way to, like, keep the movie together? Have it entirely based upon, like, her internal problems and her alcoholism?
2: I don't think it's the best way it could have been handled. I don't know that it was necessarily... A bad way um, because yes indeed a, a large part of it was just the fact that you know she would have blackouts because she drank too much but at the same time it was very clear that her husband was you know emotionally manipulating her into feeling responsible for these things she didn't do and then taking advantage of her blackouts in order to do that which wouldn't surprise me if that was a very real thing that happens. Yeah, Yeah. and therefore her alcoholism became worse because she started to use it as a coping mechanism.
1: I think what this movie did a really good job of showing as far as the different realms of uh, domestic violence that exist out there, um, it did a really good job of showing gaslighting, which is where you convince someone that they're crazy. um, And that's what this movie basically showed. It showed how the emotional abuse in the relationship occurred so that he literally convinced her she couldn't trust Herself, her own memories, her own thoughts, her own actions, Mm -hmm. like she as a person was no longer to be trusted, um, which is a very real thing. And I think they did a good job of portraying that specifically. Um, My biggest problem with the movie really wasn't so much the content um, was so much as uh, obviously this was um, based on a book. And I feel that the adaptation wasn't particularly strong as far as book to movie format goes. I felt like they were really relying at the beginning of the film on those title cards to introduce you to new characters, new places, new times, um, which didn't feel particularly organic to me and I didn't think um, was the best narrative structure to pick for a film. Um, And I know they did that because that's obviously how the book was told, where it jumped around from time to time and showed the past and then built up uh, to the the present and switching between characters and whatnot but um as far as translation to cinema goes i thought it was kind of weak um yeah what do you guys think of that
0: i think yeah I, I agree i mean i think that my whole thing is that it's the translation issue here's a fun fact um the girl on the train was published in january of 2015 wow and is already a movie. Short like
1: turnarounds. Smash that one up. That's
0: that's my thing, is they're like what's popular and and this is the thing. And here's the thing, trans- translation is the whole issue for me. I yeah. Katie loves this book and that carries a lot of weight. I actually haven't read it so I can't speak to it specifically, but like as a narrative storyline where she's an unreliable narrator as a piece of fiction, I think that can work much oh, yeah. stronger. Than having somebody, where because like that's the thing is we we inherently trust we don't trust words in the same way that we would trust like pictures like you, it's much harder to convey that sense of like that it feels like a it feels like an ass pole when it when at the end when it is when the, it is real oh it's just like he didn't know that okay yeah cool 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 whereas like you know you want something to like have like almost like a, a fight club level like there's there, the signs are more directly there that you know it is a, like they work so hard to make him an unreliable narrator and make it still be a surprise at the end. And I think that's that's why in this case it's just not as strongly put together and it that's what makes it feel kind of cheating at the end. Even though like you know, even though like as a curse, you know, having talked to Katie, I had a cursory knowledge of what was going to happen and I was still like, "Really? Okay." I, I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I still I still think the thing is the translation is like somebody came in with the visual novel, what's the visual style and the success of gone girl in the back of her head. And I think that's the thing is like everything to me kept referencing that. And, and maybe it was just, it felt like, cause like the, the gone girl felt like a portrait of a character and this movie felt like a series of events. And that's, and I think that's the difference is that it feels like we're translating A series of like like a very strong internal narrator and a series of events into more of a stylistic character drawings of each. I don't know. Like, what do you guys think?
1: No, I (laughs) I I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, the girl on a train kind of reads more, um, just like a timeline. Um, You know, you go from you know you are introduced, you get the characters, and then you find out what happened. You know, month by month until we lead up to the day where the girl goes missing, and then we, you know, we find out what happens and everything. Um, But it's very, uh, even though they do kind of jump around and introduce you to things at the beginning and the end and the middle and everything, um, so you don't have the full picture from the get-go, it's still very linear overall. Um, Whereas Gone Girl is literally split in half. Um, And as far as the reveal goes, the reveal in Gone Girl is a lot more compelling than this one is. Um, But that's also just, uh, I I can't tell if that's really to blame like, the movie's to blame for that, because um, I- I'm not sure, uh, just plot-wise, uh, Gone Girl just didn't have a more exciting reveal, whereas this one has a much more um, less fantastical reveal, and maybe that's why it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, is for me, like, it all comes back around to the fact that, like, I feel like the characters are very thin.
1: Yeah. Like, not-
0: that... they're more like stereotypes and thinness and that's the thing is like you have this like i need a deep emotional core centered character to to sink my teeth into to hang on to this particular story
1: yeah and i feel like we got i mean at least i don't know we did get introduced to three different female characters who are all deeply flawed in a very different way um and that was interesting and compelling but it wasn't um I guess I didn't particularly feel that emotionally invested to any of them. I don't know. Sarah, did you feel that way or is that just us?
2: Uh, I um, I completely agree with, with what you're saying, to be honest. I think the issues were really important, mm-hmm. but it would have had a lot more punch if we had been better able to, as you said, get emotionally invested in these characters. Yeah,
1: I just didn't feel like I cared about them all that much. I mean, obviously, like, yeah. I, I know I'm the the, the girl missing slash dead is supposed to drive the plot and supposed to drive the emotion there and I know I should feel Mm -hmm. bad for you know Rachel who is struggling with her alcoholism and her blackouts and she thinks she's done something horrible Um, and so it's like it's you can kind of sympathize with it but bottom line I don't I didn't really care
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I needed I needed for me like a different sort of factor like for me like I needed to more information to believe that Rachel was specifically responsible For the murder.
1: You needed a better villain.
0: I I, I did. And I I think that's my thing is that like the mix up is an interesting set piece of things. But the characters aren't um, fully developed, at least in terms of the movie. Again, I'm not I don't know about the book but here they don't feel fully developed and I'm just like I'm just like gnashing my teeth and I think that's the thing is maybe I'm biased because I want a Gone Girl and this and, and that's the thing is like I feel like this movie is kind of gilding lily somewhat and saying like we're like Gone Girl I feel like that's the, the, it's not just me that's like actively drawing that comparison it's like every other reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes brings up Gone Girl and I think that's because this movie's dialogue and, and, and not dialogue but specifically like the way it's made just like references it in such a way and that's the thing is it has no steel trap holy fuck moments not not even like Gone Girl has moments but it's just like the build up of tension just doesn't happen in the same way because you're trying to figure it out in the back of your mind and you approach it in such a way that you kind of it like oozes the tension out to the side instead of popping at the end
1: yeah I I think that um, Girl in a Train didn't have enough slow reveal with enough evidence where you really could start guessing who it was because i Like to play that game when I'm watching crime movies and stuff like that, and I—I mean, I there really really was never any point you could guess who it was other than than Rachel because that's the only evidence you had at all, Um, and so it was kind of impossible to make any other judgments, which I did think took some of the suspense out of it.
0: Which is (laughs) the fun of fucking Gone Girl? The whole time you're like, you're (laughs) like, did he do it? Did he not do it? Did he not do it? Oh, she's actually alive! Holy fucking shit! Holy shit! She's a psychopath. (laughs) Holy! Should she kill them and use this whole situation to turn it around? It's just like it goes off in the left field and go and runs away, which is like why I love this movie. And that's the thing is like this doesn't like you know. Again, we talk back to Sarah. Like you love these these you these issues, and I agree with you. I think these more movies need to say talk about these issues. Um, I don't necessarily. Need, I mean, I will. I will say this. I don't know that it necessarily needs to be that gratuitous. Well, like, how did you guys feel? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Probably not. Um, This is, again, like I haven't seen Gone Girl or read the book read the Correct. book or even read the book girl on the train. So I have nothing to compare this to except girl on the train as a standalone film.
0: Right. That's, that's awesome. Um, I'm always happy, happy to have somebody more with like a, like, cause I think, I think I'm tainted a little bit because I'm sitting here going, I'm, you know, go watch this. Movie.
1: But it's not gone girl.
0: Um, right. Right. <laughs> which is, which is wrong of me to like, we should take movies on their own selves, but you, you still have to, to report them in kind of the general sense of fiction. But when there's one piece of work that is so informing the other, it's hard for me to like, let it go. But but go ahead, Sarah.
2: I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry, No, we were talking about what we were talking about the emotional impact and whether or not it needed to be that gratuitous.
2: Oh yeah. Um, well, no. I mean, once again, murder by corkscrew is the culmination. Uh, I was really irritated at gratuitous. that point.
1: <laughs> Just because it was it was so in your face and like. Just unsettling, but also unnecessary. I mean, could she not have, like, stabbed him in, like, the the side or something? Just get him mm. right in the kidney? Did we have to go for the neck stabbing with the corkscrew? And then not only that, did we have to have the other woman come
2: out and like literally screw it into his neck? I mean, it was a little at much. At least neither of them actually said screw you at any point. Yeah. I oh, started laughing. I, I, I mean,
0: probably actually would have liked the movie better if they had done that. <laughs> it I don't, just I don't too mean much. to be me, We have comic relief if someone at last. pops up and goes, screw you you i would have just been like "Uh uh-huh yeah see
2: i wanted
1: her to kill him (laughs) and then i wanted the other woman to come out and give her a hug like that's what i wanted but no screwing back into his neck that was icky so
0: yeah i I, I thought that was too
1: much and like i mean i didn't i like obviously for tension building you needed that moment between you know the, the new wife and the baby in the room and the deranged husband and Rachel and you needed to have him do something to Rachel obviously something needed to happen to show his abusiveness and everything like that um, but smashing her with a glass was also a little much um, I feel like we could have had a more slightly nuanced moment there I it did feel a little over the top sometimes so
0: yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's hard for me like for here's the thing I don't want – I don't ever want movies – like, I really, truly believe that movies should be – have the opportunity, like free speech, to go anywhere they want, um, and, and I, I, I really stand by that. Um, I think sometimes it's more in like good taste in the impact of your movie. So like when I criticize a movie and say, Oh my God, this is too gratuitous. I don't mean that in a different movie, like gratuity is a bad thing in itself. I yeah. mean, in the context in the film they set up, I'm like, why did it need that?
1: I don't like, mind gratuitous violence and like Kill Bill. I mean, like, it's not like it, I don't like it in other films. It didn't feel right here.
0: Which, exactly. I think that's the thing. I think we're going back to Gone Girl. Like, they want, like, a moment like that movie... Where she's having sex with him and she slices his throat yeah. with a uh, shaving razor, and you're just like, "Holy!" Oh, and she like just like in it, and it's fucking uh, Rosamund Pike just like bathing in Neil Patrick Harris's blood, <laughs> and you're just like, "Holy fuck, holy fuck!" And it's it's and it, they do it's such like in terms of like just like almost like it, it reminds me a lot of Teeth in that the initial scene like gets you like hard as a rock, and then you're like, "Oh my god, oh, oh my god, god! god, oh my god, oh my What's god!" This like experience. It's such a great scene. And that's kind of, but that's the thing is it's played with so much sexuality, and this just feels like I think that's the thing is this is the real world version of the story which I wanted, which is Gone Girl, and this is just like down and dirty, and it's like yeah, you know, this happens. It's probably more realistic in a terrible sort of way, Um, Mm -hmm. except people would honestly what.
2: The first thing that really started getting to me and indicating how I was going to feel right as, as I walked out at the end of this film was when Hayley Bennett's character was talking to her therapist and she was saying all of these things that her husband would do, like he would, you know, get in her phone and he likes to take control of her and, you know, th- know who her friends were and all all this and that and you know he he came out with you know that's not normal behavior that's emotional abuse and i'm just sitting there like this is my first trigger Ooh. of the night
0: Ooh. and it,
2: yeah which it's good that you know someone came out in a film and addresses like these are behaviors which are bad yeah, if I this think- happens in a relationship don't let it continue. That's your first warning sign. I mean,
0: yeah, hats off to Paula Hawkins. Like, she identified, like, you know, she's she's talking about domestic abuse and talking mm-hmm. about the effects and talking about, like, how sometimes you, I, I mean, I think that's the thing is, I think, you know, as a device and maybe it shows a better in the book is like you know i think it is kind of making like you know people can talk about domestic abuse but you're like don't want to believe it of him and it comes back around to like the emotional manipulation and everything and i think Mm -hmm. i think it does a strong job of showing that yeah again i think my thing is just like and, and and maybe i need to be more aware of like how it works but like i don't I don't know. I, I, there, where's the artistry in in this movie? Is I guess my thing is like, where's the enjoyment? And, and do you think this is like representative of what a lot of women go through? No, because of all the weird twistiness, because of
2: the and the gratuitous everything. Yes, right, yes, right. I, like I, I, I I don't disagree with that. The one bit, but just slow- on a base level.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I thought they did a good job with. I mean, they do start kind of telling you what's going to happen that this movie is about abuse at the very beginning of the film through little ways. And I think they did a good job showing like kind of a slippery slope of how you fall into this based on the timeline mm-hmm. that they were showing, you know, because basically we watched the relationship take place over 4 months and you do see the like the different like slope down and then obviously it gets into the fantastical where that's not how it works, but for a while they really were uh, focusing showing what actually could happen and what that actually does look like in abusive relationships and i think that's powerful and important um I, i'm not sure how, what a great film it makes though um i don't know i, I don't think, i, I think, don't know why I, i'm so turned off by this movie but it's yeah. like I, I don't hate it but i also really don't like it so it just kind of it's uh, uh, I think I think, that's, forgettable. I think that's
0: what we have to be is be like oh yeah the subject matter is great and there's a great story talking about actual domestic abuse in there it's not a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think that
2: is entirely fair. It's a forgettable I think I, I, film. I, right. I, 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 I just think won't care about it, it tomorrow.
0: I will not. I will not. I literally, I literally am forgetting details about this film as we cast about it.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to think about this again after this cast is over. Like,
0: and I and and and, and not to be offensive, but like. Rosamund Pike bathing in blood will never leave my mind (laughs) well could it really
1: I mean it was impactful
0: obviously (laughs) (laughs) uh, Sarah go see Gone
2: Girl it's fun you, you, yeah, clearly this is what I need to do to get this movie out. If of you my like head.
0: if you like that belly dancer girl's breasts, Sarah, you will like Rosamond Pike and Blood, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird it's a weird uh... model of suggestions. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> Sorry. Off <laughs> the I I wonder if maybe
2: that's that's something that should be stricken from the record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to pull it out, I will.
2: Maybe just because she's, like, a real person. We didn't say her name.
0: We didn't say anyone's name, and don't worry, no one listens to this.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so comforting. We're not popular.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, yay. Oh, it's horrible. All right. We're great people, guys. Core issue for me, it's dull.
1: Yeah. I I actually, I agree with you. I was kind of checked. I mean, I was... I was timing for the bet. I checked it. Yeah, uh, I checked it But out. I also was checking my watch a lot. Um, for yeah. like, not just because I was timing our bet, but also because I wanted to know how much of the movie I had left.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think good. that's... I think that's the thing. I think... There is a good story and I can recognize the good story because I can go read the book's plot summary and be like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I can recognize that somebody with a better hand of writing can make it into a good story.
1: I think it would have made a much, I mean, obviously it is a book, but I just, I have to think the book would have been better than what they adapted it into, especially. Some people,
0: some people hate this book, but I mean, I know there's a strong contingent of people that like it. And for me, at least, I think just like in terms of pacing and structure and how it's put together, I was just like, oh, this is dull as fuck. And I think it's, you can
1: get better emotional impact in a book with a story like this. Um, I just, I, I, think think,
0: the, I think the reveal, especially with like, you know, literature history and, and like the way that literature just does unreliable narrators and much better format for me. I think that like you can get that pop, that yeah. Gone Girl pop from yeah. the reveal. And that, I think that's my. That
1: yeah, I think they might have expected they could have had that same impact. And that's why, I mean, Gone Girl came out first, the book and the movie. And then we have this book and this movie. Um, and I think they might have thought that they could have pulled off the same kind of reveal because it's it's clearly going for the same genre. I and, mean, you know, it, it's it's chick murder mystery, um, you know, like in general,
0: uh, in I general,
1: Gillian Flynn, writer, like author of Gone Girl, tends to write books that are mostly consumed by women. Girl on a Train, mostly consumed Paula by Hawkins. women. Paula just, Hawkins. I, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, it I'm, just, not, I'm, not,
0: I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm, saying. I'm not saying
1: that's fair of the genre itself, but like. It does tend to be consumed by more women and this is a very similar genre. Even the films look similar. The kind of wash noir kind of that, filmography that's my that thing. they did, they looked a lot alike.
0: That's my thing is I think the books are different. Yeah. And then the, I think that's my thing. I think the books are very, very different and kind of appeal to different audiences. And I think that some film studio executive somewhere has conflated them. I can
1: agree with that. I think I, I think that. that's
0: my that's my thesis is that somebody was like where's the next god girl and then they were and like And they found this and then they got a cinematographer to recreate gone girl style. And we got a director. You need to make this like gone girl so we can get all that gone girl money. And and that's just what I, I don't know who this theoretical person that talks like this, like a studio executive. <laughs> that's what studio executives sound like. This is studio executive Jack. He talks in sentences and doesn't have any cadence. <laughs> or too much. I don't know which. It's just a voice. <laughs> too much. Too Very much, too much. Stop.
1: <laughs> You Sound like you're gonna sell me
0: peanuts at the ballpark. <laughs> (laughs) These are some magic peanuts. (laughs) Don't worry, I won't sell you like the magic beans I just sold (laughs) you. Thanks for the family cow. She's still giving milk. (laughs) Oh (laughs) God! I I, I mean, going well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing is like, I was like, oh, I was dull. And I think that's the thing is I'm going to end this one a little bit earlier. Sorry if we're not, you know, filling your time here. But damn, there's not there's really not much to talk about here. No. I, and I think the issue is that I was like, I was bored. Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing is I was like, man, we, we should really do some more you know domestic abuse really I, oh man it's a weird way to put it but domestic abuse really deserves a good movie <laughs> it I really deserves it's its Oscar nomination for domestic abuse <laughs> I'm glad
1: someone tried to tackle it as far as the emotional aspect goes because it's not often shown I thought that was a great yeah uh, I'm, I'm glad they tried I, right. I wish they did better
0: I wish I wish uh, and I think this might comes down to like I don't think this was the right pick to adapt No, Where you needed a different adaptation. A stronger authorial voice from the adaptor.
1: I think if you're going to have to rely on title screens to give you basic information from the film, then it's probably not arranged in the best format because you're relying on a trick, not your narrative structure. So... Correct. Don't
0: love it. Correct. Or, I mean there's some narratives that I really like I enjoy it when it just like plays a fool for me like if you really dissect like you know in the prestige if you really dissect the trick it plays on its audience it's kind of it can be considered hammy but it works so fast fucking well.
1: It works there, I just it didn't work it's also, here. It's also like let's be honest, it's,
0: it's, it is it's a movie about magicians and the first line is an is a narrator going, are you watching closely? So like, when you miss it, like you're like I should have seen it. Like, uh, it's my I mean, own
1: dumb ass fault, I deserve that. If
0: you gild the lily and then succeed like, yeah, there's a little bit different and I think that's the issue here is like, you know, they don't do that and then there's yeah. just like it, and that's the difference is like, you know, You can ass pull, but if you make your ass pull smell like roses, then you're fine. This smells like farts.
1: (laughs) And the movie game podcast says that a girl on a train (laughs) smells like farts.
0: That is our official review. I'm such a legitimate critic.
1: Yep. It's a high quality review system we use around here. Very (laughs) (laughs) industry (laughs) accepted. People like it.
0: It's like beans, oh, bacon, and burrito farts. Like which level are you? At? Oh god. <laughs> what Ugh. do you think's the stinkiest fart out of those three, just out of curiosity?
1: Burrito. I wanna
0: say burrito too. Yeah. Yeah. We bean did live are in are San bad.
1: Antonio for four years. Yeah. Yes, oh, this a, is true. A
0: bean burrito. That's what that's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. oh, you can't talk that. L- that's like a hot like bean burrito, and you shoot it under the covers, and you get up, and it's been trapped in there, and you, re- and you throw back the covers, and it just reveals out, and you're like, oh god, oh god, I should have trapped her. Send it, send it back to Mordor. Keep it there. Keep it safe, where no one can smell it. Sorry. Off the I rails. I don't know what else to talk about this movie. I'm just buying time now. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and rate this thing. Yeah, let's Sarah, do it. Sarah, you're up first. What do you get? Uh, again? Uh, Bobby, you're up first. Okay. It's since um, you've been gone.
1: I am going to give a girl on a train a four. Um, which is, I think this might be one of my lower scores. Um, I, it was, it was, fine. I mean, it, it was kind of boring and. I like what they attempted to do, um, but if you think it's gonna be anything like Gone Girl, you're going to be horribly disappointed. Um, I mean, I guess if you've got nothing else to do and you need to kill a couple hours and you kind of want to go to a movie, go see it. It's not the worst thing ever, um, but I don't know, I just, I wouldn't tell my friends to go see it. It didn't, didn't have that much of an impact on me. Um, I didn't think the, the plot was that grabby, the reveal isn't that great, um, it can be kind of upsetting deep in the pit of your stomach, um, and uh, it's just, I don't know. It's its okay, so it's a four.
0: Cool. Awesome. All right, and uh, Sarah?
2: <clears throat> I am going to give Girl and Train a five. Uh, in terms of why uh, Jack and Bobby don't like this movie, I totally agree with them a hundred percent but getting a little bit personal but not to go too deep into it this movie i saw this movie at a good time having got out of a relationship which maybe had the very very small tiny but present beginnings of emotional manipulation and abuse Within the last six months, and so to see validated on screen that these behaviors are wrong and, you know, really do cause problems for people was good for me. I realize there are other films and mediums in which this was done better, uh, i.e., Gone Girl. But again, I haven't seen that, so I oh, don't have anything uh, to Ga- base.
0: Gone Girls, not really about emotion. Not really movies. about that. Okay, no, no well, it's it's more about. It's a better um, movie. It's a better movie. It's it's more about a, uh, a, a psychopath. psychopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an, an amazing sociopath. How about we say that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, is it me? Yeah. yeah uh, yes. <laughs> what'd you give it, Sarah? Sorry. She gave it a five. I was actually thinking about uh, what I was going to give it. Sorry. I was like. And I'm also trying to plan the bet, and I'm not doing well, so... Multitasking's hard. I know. It is hard. Give me credit here. I'm going to give it a four as well, um, which is actually pretty strong uh, for me, for my, like, fucked up rating system. Um,
1: which is unbelievably low.
0: It's... Thanks. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, like... I don't know. It's not bad. And I think that's the strongest thing is here. I don't recommend you go see it because it's dull. There's not really a lot offensively happening. Like if you can get past the fact that it's graphic violence. like I mean, The only thing that you could offensively say is bad is like, oh, it's too graphic. And I don't know that that's an actual legit criticism. So I don't have much legit criticisms other than the massive one of that I was bored while I was watching it and that, that's I mean that's death to a movie that's
1: pretty bad
0: like, I mean you, you can have one flaw and that flaw is just like if it's boredom you know mm-hmm. th- don't want to see your movie th- th- anymore There's nothing Nothing you can do nothing you can do um, alright so for oh, fuck I gotta do this math um, <laughs> hold on
2: math is hard
0: fuck you <laughs> <laughs> so it's 13 divided by 3 yes. yeah that's right okay Alright, yeah. Uh, 4.33333. Okay, so 4.5. Fuck it. Movie Gang Podcast gives the girl on the... (laughs) Not Gone Girl. (laughs) The other one. Oh my god. Uh. The bad one. The Movie Game Podcast gives The Girl on the Train a 4.5 out of 10, which is actually way better than I thought it would be. We need Ben here to give it like a three or something.
1: We need someone <laughs> who's really upset at the movie.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like For me, it's just very non-offensive and boring.
1: It's, I, which, didn't, I didn't love it, and I didn't hate it, and I just I don't care. I don't care about this movie. If well, I'd been yeah. watching it at home on Netflix, I would have turned it off and watched something else. Or gone yeah. to the bathroom a lot during it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, when You to have to attention. time for me, so you're not allowed to go to the bathroom. If I put you on, like, bet timing duty, you're not allowed to go to the I
1: bathroom. I didn't! I timed! <laughs> I was responsible. <laughs> and alone in the theater. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, really. I don't. No one goes to movies in my movie theater in town. Like, literally no one. The last three times I've gone to that theater, I have sat by myself in a theater.
2: I'm a little jealous, actually. That's really
1: kind of peaceful. No one talks during it and no babies yes. cry. So, I mean, kind of thumbs up as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's
1: not too shabby. Prices are cheap. <laughs> Move to the middle of nowhere. You too can go to a movie where no one else is there.
0: That's sort of sad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bobby. My life's I like these glamorous guys. No, I mean, the busiest I've ever seen my movie theater uh because it's it's in a predominantly black area was for birth of a nation <laughs> that was the fullest i've ever seen like the wind song on i don't want to tell people so, you know, if we ever did get famous, they could find me at the wind song and murder me. Yeah, they're going to come and get you. <laughs> I don't know why they would murder me. I'm not worth your time <laughs> to murder. <laughs> I'll put him a fight. <laughs> I'll bite ya. <laughs> Is that your that cartoon sounds, character? It's, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, like my, I don't know, my scrappy character. I don't know why I'm developing multiple personalities. It was probably just to escape the fucking boredom of this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Sorry. ringing endorsement
0: right with the fart it sound, smell it sounds oh my god <laughs> it sounds so much worse in context we really we really need somebody like we really need to like pass the hosting off to somebody else that can keep this shit together we need an adult well no no when i don't care like i don't care <laughs> terrible need a
1: supervisor
0: oh my god all right so for next week we're gonna be betting on the opening numbers i don't You changed
1: your mind. You hate your own right. bet. You got it halfway no. out of your mouth and you hate it.
0: Yeah, I know. I do hate it. Uh, I think we're going to do, we're going to shift up a little bit here. And I think we're going to do a Rotten Tomatoes score. So we're going to ask what is going to be the Mal Rotten Tomatoes score for Moonlight by next recording.
2: I don't even I don't even know what Moonlight is about is. either. I will go read something about this one before I go see
0: it. So it is primarily about a homosexual man in uh, growing up in I believe an African American neighborhood.
2: I know who's going to have fun with this Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I'm excited for the cast.
0: I literally told him he should run this cast, especially since I'll be out of town for the ASA. Like, he's running Mm. this one. Um, And currently, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is, uh, reviews counted, 46. So it's 45 fresh and one rotten. Um, So, wow, the top critics are 100%. Um, So... What time by this time next week, um, wh- like what will the Rotten Tomato score for Moonlight be?
2: Do we send this to you in a Facebook
0: message? Yes, please, and I'll go ahead and say it. I think it will come down a shred uh, to 96 percent. I mean, because I, I let's be honest, it's got to come down. (laughs) Like if you add, if you add more, like it can only come down. Like if, if you add on that much. Yeah. So let's hope. All right. So we have, I'm sandwiched. As always <laughs> happens when I give my bet first. Do not announce S-
2: your bet. What do you think is going to happen? Price is no, right, I, I rules do I want man. people to think it's all thing. For the record, legit. I sent my bet before Jack said what his was. No, no, no.
0: Sarah, I never worry about you. I really don't think my opinions affect you. <laughs> like I can just tell yeah, that. That is also true. <laughs> I, think, I think here. So uh, Sarah gives a 94% and Bobby gives a 97%. Sarah being a negative person on uh, gay media. Look at that, Sarah. <laughs> I'm just saying can't be a perfect gay movie i have a terrible.
2: realistic view of <laughs> america's opinions on gay media i feel
0: okay no i agree with you
2: just, <laughs> this one's gonna maybe be maybe fun.
0: If, if you're wrong i will appreciate it all right so for last i will week, as well i know you will i know you will so for last week we bet on uh when would the big twist of the movie become revealed and bobby you timed it where did it end at
1: i ended it at 81 minutes
0: so I bet thirty minutes. Uh, got fucked. Um, <laughs> yes, Peter, you did. Peter got forty-five. Sarah bet fifty minutes, and Ben bet sixty minutes. We were all very wrong. Um, it was I, a I late can't...
1: movie twist. It
0: was. It was like a very very late movie twist. So there was not... only
1: like a little bit more movie after you got to the twist. <laughs>
0: Which is an interesting mm-hmm. way to do it, and and it's just—I mean—I it, it, think it's more of a twist-based ending movie than anything else. So,
1: big third act reveal. I like, yeah, exactly. I like it how do you
0: how you do it on it? Um, but anyways, I think that that means that Ben won. But hey, ben. Sarah, you are the next most winning person.
2: All right.
0: So <laughs> thrilled you, to win! Right? Such a and great response. honor. You get the rights and responsibility. I know you've complained that you didn't have a thing before this. <laughs> no, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. pins on here and I'm passing it back to you. You can give it to me if you want.
2: Yeah, uh, I will this time because I haven't prepared my great soapbox rant of 2016. Uh, it will happen. I just didn't get around to it this week because I really didn't think I was going to win two bets in a row. Um,
0: there it is. We didn't win this bet. Ben still gets the point. So well, you give me That's true. I didn't
2: think I would have the privilege of the <laughs> end of podcast rant.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys want to know anything, go on over to Tusken Shed Media Network. That's Tuskenshed.com. You can see all our media there. You can go on and you can check out Save Point Podcast. That's Save Point Gamecast. And you can go see uh, the Geek Space 9, which is, I think, currently down. We're going to start. Uh, I think, releasing it seasonally. We have a little bit a couple of technical difficulties with it. We're going to get that up and airing, and you guys will be able to hear that soon. You can go see more episodes of the Movie Gang podcast. You can go uh, see our most recent review uh, before this one, which I believe was Birth of a Nation. Go check that out. You can also head on over and uh, talk about anime with us. And we're going to see uh, me and Sarah, our most recent view. We went and talked about Shokugeki. Uh, That's Shokugeki, which you can go check out, um, which is Food Wars. If you like food porn, you'll fucking love that and who doesn't like food porn jacking it off to some cucumbers and salad or so I don't know think of all the think of all like the sexual terms based on food like like tossing salad and I don't know there's just so many there's so many like I I don't know can you name another
1: one Various meats so, so you said there's a lot of them But you only said one And I, I think meat. you can't come no, up no, no, with no. another meat,
0: meat and two veg And, uh, I don't know Meat,
2: sausage, clam bake
0: Yeah, it's very phallic <laughs> Well, the last one was it mean, no, I, I don't know, clam bake I don't, No, okay, yeah, it's it's literally the opposite. Okay, yeah,
2: it kind of That's the point.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, like, you know, there's so many phallic foods out there. It's, like, hard to eat sometimes.
1: What were we talking about? <laughs>
0: like, our, our products. So head on over there this uh, this Monday. You'll be able to see a new, on our blog, on the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Uh, that's TuskenShed.com. You'll be able to see a blog post from Trevor this week. He'll be talking about his review of Pokemon Uranium, and more talking about, like, fan-made games, which will be the next episode of uh, uh, The Save Point. Gamecast. We'll actually have him on and we'll be able to interview him. So uh, cool. that is State Point Gamecast. And I'm going to use this time right now to talk about Dark Souls. I know. You're like, this isn't the safe This isn't safe Point, Jack. You get tons of hours a week to talk about video games. Why are you going to talk about video games at the end of a podcast, a movie podcast? Well, let me talk to you here, man. I got to tell you my theory about the Dark Souls universe. One of the things that most recently happened. As I was playing through Dark Souls 3, and I came across Osiris, the Consumed King. And as I was watching it, I was wondering, is he the Consumed King? So he's the king. But isn't his wife, you know, Guinevere? One of those fan theories, the running fan theory, is that his wife, the Queen of Lothric, is actually, in fact, Queen uh, the Guinevere, the Princess of Sunlight from the first game. Now, if this is true, Keep in mind that another great fan theory is that the Princess of Sunlight banged a dragon and they made a dragon baby, which was Priscilla. So, let's think about that for a minute. A lot of times people interpret this to have been more of a rape than anything else, because, like, how could Gwen forgive her if she was out banging dragons? Um, But that's the idea here. So let's say that she goes on and she's a queen of this kingdom. What happens when the king... The consumed king Osiris decides to go through all this plastic surgery To have himself made into like a weird creepy blind dragon Think about that for a minute He's a weird creepy blind dragon So isn't it more likely That Guinevere has just got like the hots for dragons And she's like I want that dragon cloaca She's like you have a regular human penis (laughs) Fuck that shit I oh, want a dragon dick. Go fuck yourself. Oh, and he's like in some weird, inspired need to keep her. He's like, I'm gonna go get like plastic surgery, plastic surgery up, and I'm gonna be like this weird, pale ass motherfucking dragon, and look exactly like the the dragon that supposedly Guinevere banged in the first game. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> the truth is out there, isn't it? <laughs> Bad dragon. D- what is this, Sarah? Oh yeah, dragon dicks. I love. I love how you can get so many dragon dicks. Out there. Yep. Oh god. Oh my god, that's huge. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that is a big ass dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh god. Stop recording. <laughs>